Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. The Steelers specifically are a team that was constructed this year to compete by virtue of winning close, low-scoring games and suffocating other teams' offenses with a dominant defense. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello and Happy New Year to all in Steelers Nation, and welcome to the Saverin on Steelers podcast. I'm Stan Saverin, your host, where we offer you twice weekly complete Steelers coverage and content Thanks for joining us. You can get us at Steelers.com. If you enjoy the program, please let your friends, neighbors, relatives, whomever know about that. Just go to Steelers.com, and they're posted up there twice weekly. Now, here we are, beginning the new year, and here we are with the Steelers very much involved in the possibility of making the playoffs. I'll be honest, and it's not like I'm admitting anything, because it's for all there to hear and see Uh, on a podcast, on videotape, any recording, that when the Steelers were 2-6 and and fans were calling into the postgame show, which I host on the Steelers radio network, along with Charlie Batch, and people suggested, you know, they're 2-6, and but don't give up hope of making the playoffs. I said, there's no way. Well, I was wrong because apparently there's way. There's a way for them to make the playoffs. It begins and could end with their performance. I mean, they've got to beat Cleveland for any of this to be even relevant to talk about, but they also need other help. The Jets would have to beat Miami in Miami. And I'd say, well, Jets aren't very good, but you know what? Neither is Miami right now. They're going to start a third, fourth-string quarterback, it looks like. Looks like two is definitely out. And the Dolphins have been horrendous. Trying to break a six-game losing streak. Arrow not exactly pointed up, is it? Bills and Patriots. Well, the monkey wrench here is that at least now, the Bills believe that they're going to need to win that game in order to maintain a possibility of having home field advantage. But that could evaporate if Kansas City wins their game Saturday night. So Buffalo will pretty much know where they're going to be seated 
And does that mean home field advantage all the way through? If KC were to lose their game against the Raiders, then Buffalo would have a chance. But then again, you got Cincinnati involved. And since their game is not going to be replayed this week, according to the NFL's release, there are all kinds of question marks. How motivated will Buffalo be to beat the Patriots? That's what the Steelers need. And the other factor that we just don't know, how, if at all, will the Bills be affected by what happened to their teammate, DeMar Hamlin? Now, maybe at that point, Everybody will have received positive news. Here's hoping that's the case. Not that DeMar Hamlin's going to come out and play, but that his health and his life is no longer in danger. Maybe that would be enough for kind of a win-one for DeMar Hamlin routine. But what if he's still in limbo? How does that affect their psyche? And I know we're going beyond the pale here, but we just don't know the reality. So the Steelers not only have to rely on themselves beating Cleveland, but they also have to rely on Miami coming up with an effort, with the Jets coming up with an effort, with Buffalo coming up with an effort. One assumes New England will give their best. May not be good enough to beat the Bills in Buffalo, but that's what will have to take place. Are the Steelers considered a team on the rise? They've got a winning streak. Even though one of the three victories came against the 500 team, that being the Ravens Sunday night. Anybody who knows Steelers-Ravens knows it's a big win, even if both teams are 2-14. and 14. And the formula that they used was similar to what they did the week before in beating the Raiders. It's not an advisable path to follow. And for all the excitement over Kenny Pickett leading a comeback like he did, they're still not scoring points. There aren't many games where you're going to win with the offense producing one touchdown. And even, even adding on with field goals, the great Chris Boswell, I wouldn't say he's unreliable, but let's say he's not been as reliable as he's been in the past. Can you beat teams consistently like that? I mean, sooner or later, your good fortune may run out. I'm not going to go so far as to use the Juju Smith-Schuster line and say the Browns is the Browns, but recently the Browns is the Browns. I saw them play and lose to New Orleans at home. And I thought I was watching Night of the Living Dead. 
They just went through the motions. They were a little more animated as they beat the Commanders on the road this past Sunday. But if you're able to watch any of that game, they didn't look terribly invested. And so when we talk about the psyche of teams, the Browns are not heading into the offseason like the Steelers will be. Even if the Steelers lose to Cleveland, or let's put it this way, even if they do not make the playoffs, whether they end the season at 9-8 and eight or 8-9, eight and nine, but don't qualify for the playoffs, I think the offseason will have more of a positive feel to it only because they believe they found their quarterback. George Pickens is going to be a real threat. Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth the last month are playing the best football of their careers and lend for tremendous promise going into 2023. And that also begs the question, if they do get in, would they be one of those proverbial teams that no one wants to play? If they do get in, it'll be as a seventh seed, which means they would get the second seed, which means, and this is a real jumble, we don't know, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City, and again, the cancellation, at least for the time being, let's put it this way, the postponement of the Buffalo-Cincinnati game from Monday night, we may not know. We may not know what kind of effect the seating would have. But I'm really interested, if they make the playoffs, would they be considered a tough out? Because they're a team, not as good as Cincinnati was last year, but a team that's playing its best football. Now, if you're playing at Buffalo or Kansas City, their best may not nearly be good enough. But I would imagine it would give it an opponent pause and saying, look, these guys are believing in themselves. And that can go a long ways. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Brian Batko covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He joins us now. It's great to have him. Happy New Year, Brian. And I'm wondering, if the Steelers do get to the playoffs, would they be considered a, quote, tough out and maybe a team that an opponent, whoever that may be, won't be real thrilled about playing in the first game? I don't know about tougher out because, like you said, I don't think they're in the same tier as some of those teams you just mentioned. And, you know, we we kind of saw that take place last year when they uh, found a way to sneak into the playoffs and then, Really, you know, we're outclassed by the Chiefs in that first-round game. But I'll, I'll put it this way, uh, Stan. I, I think they're a team that uh, those, those upper echelon squads wouldn't really want to see right now. I mean, if the, if the Dolphins sneak in, they sneak in as a team with a lot of warts and one that had to uh, end, what, a, a six-game losing streak to, to even get in there. 
if the Patriots get in, you know, they'll do so as a team that I don't think really scares anybody, a team that has a lot of question marks surrounding them. But if the Steelers get in, um, they'll, they'll do so on a long winning streak and with a bunch of rookies and young players who are hitting their strides and, and playing well. And they will do so with a defense that, you know, has always had this in them, didn't always show it at times this year, but has always had top-tier talent, top-tier coaching. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I would say it. I, I wouldn't necessarily predict they'd be a tough out, but I think they're exactly the kind of team that you wouldn't want to see uh, if, if you're a divisional winner. Yeah, well put, Brian. Uh, when they were 2-6 and six, uh, and I was doing the postgame show, there's always some people who are optimistic by nature. Um, I thought that they were foolhardy, but uh, optimistic. Don't give up. They can still um, – I said, I, I don't see any way. And maybe I'll be proven right, but I never expected it to get to this point to begin with. Did you think they were dead and buried at 2-6? and six? Well, no, because we've seen them uh, in those dire straits before, and we've seen them pull out of it, albeit with – Ben Roethlisberger generally at quarterback, and that certainly was a main factor. But also Mike Tomlin has presided over these types of turnarounds over the years. So that was kind of the intangible factor. But the tangible one was the schedule what we knew was going to get a lot lighter in the second half. And you're, you're seeing the opposite effect of that for some of these other teams, like Miami, uh, like the Jets, like New England. You know, they, they've, they've gone in the tank for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one, probably the level of competition that they've played improving uh, for the Steelers. The second half of the season meant, you know, playing more NFC South teams, playing the Colts who, who weren't going anywhere. And yeah, I mean, they lost to the Bengals. You give them credit for beating the Ravens twice, um, or excuse me, beating the Ravens once. And then the Raiders um, who were, were still in it at that point when they came back for sure stadium. So uh, I didn't think that they were, were certainly going to cash in on this season and bottom out. Uh, it, it seemed possible, but I was one of those saying that, you know, they're, they're going to kind of come back to the mean here when they play some, some lesser teams. And that's exactly what they've done. I still give them credit for doing it because uh, it's, it's one thing to say that you can win six of eight games on paper. It's a whole lot different thing to do it, especially when they hadn't achieved really any kind of consistency or complimentary football over the first half of the year. I don't know that anybody would predict, Brian, this was the way they expected the season to go. But from this perspective, um, they knew it was going to take a while for the offense to gel, if at all. Um, They thought they'd have to rely on their defense to carry them as best they could. Um, That turned out to be not good enough for any number of reasons, including not having T.J. Watt around, Um, if is the biggest word in the English language. But if they had played – then as they're playing now it's reasonable to assume they might already have a wild card locked up yeah absolutely and you know I go back and forth on the TJ Watt injury I mean on one hand you know every team deals with injuries uh you know look at the Chargers and what Brandon Staley has had to do to to keep them together they're just now getting uh the Joey Bosa back so they've They've dealt with a lot, too. The Ravens have dealt with a lot, honestly. Uh, the Titans, for the second year in a row, uh, have kind of been a walking, wounded group. And, and this, this year, it might actually get away from them. So, yeah, I mean, every coach has to deal with that. However, you know, only one guy was Defensive Player of the Year in the league last season. The Steelers, specifically, 
are a team that was constructed this year to compete by virtue of winning close, low-scoring games and suffocating other teams' offenses with a dominant defense that is sparked by one of the best pass rushers in the league. And you know, they, they lost uh, Watt in week one, so clearly that threw the entire formula out of whack. Now, should they have been able to respond better to that? Probably. But, you know, if, if there's any uh, conversation about what was the most significant injury in the first half of this NFL season, I, I think T.J. Watt would be right up there uh, just as the, you know, the catalyst that he is for this unit. And, you know, he's just now starting to kind of look like himself again. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes excuses are also just reasons. And I, I think that's all, uh, you know, a, new, a nuanced kind of way to look at why things went south as early as they did. And, you know, the losses to the Jets and the Patriots that might still cost them a playoff spot. Uh, I think those are games that could easily go the other way if you have number 90 out there at full strength. You know, it's interesting. Bobby tweets, one of our listeners, um, about the defense has been terrific. He adds, but the 10-play-plus drives is a major reason for the defensive improvements. They're on the field much less and are fresher in the fourth quarter. And I think there's some, some uh, you know, that's a valid statement. Yeah, and this offense, I mean, earlier on in the, the season when they were struggling, these long drives, they weren't finishing. I mean, you look at the, the Jets game when Kenny Pickett came in and uh, threw some of those interceptions, pressing, trying to play from behind, but even more so the Dolphins game where he threw a couple there in the fourth quarter. He's not making those same mistakes now. He's, he's taking the team down the field, and he's finding a way to finish. So that's all good progress that you want to see from him, and it's lending itself to that complimentary football with the defense. And, you know, I think there's still, like we talked about at the top, there are still teams who are better and more talented than the Steelers on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they, they can score on a quick strike just as easily as they can a methodical drive. But uh, that's probably another reason why if you are a team with Super Bowl aspirations, you'd much rather the Steelers be sitting at home in January because not just that, you know, they have been winning, but it's the way they win. Um, you know, the margin for error is slim with them. We know that. They, they, could certainly, uh, they could certainly lose to the Browns based on the way that they've been grinding out some of these victories. But they're a team that, yeah, on offense, they, they don't mind running the football, limiting possessions, and on defense, you know, mucking up the game and, uh, and, and forcing you to beat them through the air, which when the weather turns is, is kind of an asset for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the recipe. I think long-term, if, if you're Mike Tomlin and, and Omar Khan and company, you feel like you've got the pieces in place to be a more explosive offense that raises your ceiling as a, as a group overall. But for right now, they are, uh, they're, they're winning the way that it was drawn up. Uh, it might just be too little too late. Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's fair to say that uh, whatever happens Sunday or beyond, that they'll have a better feeling about what they are, uh, who they are, and who they have heading into the offseason than they did a year ago when they knew that the quarterback was going to be an issue uh, and so on and so forth. It seems like they've solved a lot of problems, although not all of them, Brian. Um, would you imagine that Sunday against Cleveland or if they make the playoffs at some point, We've seen the last of Devin Bush in a Steelers uniform. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think so. I mean, I thought that coming into the season, too. And, you know, there was a flicker of 
of solid play here and there from him, maybe enough to, to get you to talk yourself into bringing him back on a one-year deal or something like that. But the, the way that they just cast him aside in their biggest game of the season to date Sunday night tells me that, no, that, that ship has sailed. And I suppose that'll be uh, somewhat of a storyline this week. You know, Mike Tomlin has talked a lot about the reason for why Mark Robinson was, was more involved, but, you know, he wasn't really asked about, well, what's the plan for Bush? How is he taking it? So maybe t- uh, Terrell Austin can speak to that on Thursday. Maybe, maybe teammates can address it. Bush himself doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't really do a lot of interviews, if any, throughout most weeks. So I don't know if you'll hear from him about it. I uh, can't imagine, you know, he, he doesn't really want to talk when he's playing okay. So I can't imagine he's going to talk when he, uh, essentially gets benched but yeah I mean I think they're they're starting to put their eye on the future but as Mike Tomlin kind of alluded to today they also have learned more about Mark Robinson and and now are confident or at least somewhat comfortable that, that he can also help them in the present. With all that being said not only in terms of who they plan to do it with meaning Spillane played every snap and Robinson played half the snaps at that position do you expect the game plan to be pretty similar from what they did against Baltimore to what they plan to do against Cleveland, given how Cleveland generally relies on the run, although they've got a uh, more of a quarterback they have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, yes, but that's that's the thing right there, Stan, is I, I believe the Steelers are going to be a lot more fearful of Deshaun Watson in that passing game than they were Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. And, you know, beyond Mark Andrews, even the, uh, the skill position players didn't scare you at all in Baltimore. So I think that was really a situation where they just completely sold out to stop the run and said, we'll just dare you guys to, to hit some passes on us. And if, if that's how you beat us, then so be it. And, and it almost was. They almost did do just enough through the air. But in the end, it was a Tyler Huntley throw that gets picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick. And that's, that's exactly why you, you basically challenge them to do that. So I, I think if you challenge the Browns in a similar way, Deshaun Watson and, and Amari Cooper can can hurt you uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, it's it's going to be difficult to stop Nick Chubb if, if you don't stack that box and do some of the similar schematic things. But I don't think you can do the exact same. Uh, the the Browns are, are well coached. They they would have a counter for that, and they have a quarterback who can do it. So. Uh, they're they're going to just, you know, they'll need to take some of the uh, characteristics of what they did against the Ravens, the playing physical, um, you know, they, they improved their tackling in the second half. They, they need to continue to do that. But I don't know that they can, you know, carbon copy the X's and O's and still expect to, to hold down the Browns. Well, one of the things I think that is markedly different um, is the emotional state of the Browns. They're playing for nothing again. Um, it's a hugely disappointing season uh, for them, predicted by many to win the division, um, given all the talent they assemble. Uh, the problem they have, it seems to me, is they, they like to put together an all-star team. Um, but all-star teams uh, in a sport like this don't always win. Uh, and, and I'm just wondering, one of the variables we won't know, how invested will the Browns be? Uh, I saw part of their game against uh, New Orleans. I thought I was watching Night of the Living Dead. I mean, there were just <laughs> corpses moving around. Even the Washington game, I mean, they won. But, uh, you know, and I just wonder how they'll react. One would expect 
the Steelers to bring their absolute best. Yeah, they're a hard team to figure out. I mean, they, they beat the Ravens one week and then they lose to the Saints. Then, like you said, they bounce back and they win uh, at the Commanders. So, I mean, it was always going to be a strange year for Cleveland with the Deshaun Watson situation looming over them. They are now, you know, they're three and two with him, but they've hardly been an offensive juggernaut since making that move. I think they even brought in Jacoby Brissett for a quarterback sneak. On Sunday when it was short yardage. So, I mean, yeah, even that, there's still sort of some weirdness going on there. It always felt like to me that 2022 for them was kind of a whatever season. And they, they'd kind of see what they get out of Watson in the last six games and then reset expectations this offseason and, and basically decide what are they going to be, how high is the bar going to be raised there with him? Uh, did, did he knock off the necessary rust? That, I still think they're a dangerous opponent because, you know, like, like you kind of mentioned, I mean, they do have talent. They they certainly go out and, you know, they, they spend to the cap. They get good players. Miles Garrett is, is still one of the best defensive players in the league. Nick Chubb's one of the best offensive players in the league. Watson, when he's playing well, uh, is, is absolutely a, uh, a quarterback who can win a lot of games in the NFL and not, not to mention rack up stats. So uh, I wouldn't say that, they are going to be hugely motivated in this one, but you know, I'm sure they'd like to sweep the Steelers. Like, you know, Miles Garrett said he'd like to play spoiler. They got punched in the mouth when they came here last year in Ben Roethlisberger's final home game. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a walkover, but I don't think the dolphins are going to have that against the jets either. I think the jets are a, a young building team that would want to end the season on a high note. So that, that's, that's kind of, you know, there, there aren't any of these games in the AFC that make me say, okay, this team is checked out. Uh, the, you know, the Steelers or the team that the Steelers need to win uh, are just going to have a walkover. I don't, I don't really see any scenarios like that. Okay. Last thing for you, Brian, we'll let you go. Uh, I've asked people, and we're going to get to this in the next segment, um, watching what transpired last night was difficult for everybody. Um, but the, the post-analysis, um, ESPN was dealt a very difficult hand. Uh, I've been in situations like that, not exactly like that, where there's a life-and-death issue before, but, um, you know, describes, uh, you know, something that happens in, in, in uh, five seconds and then asking you to spend an hour and a half talking about it. So I'm wondering, as you watched uh, what unfolded, uh, how did you think ESPN handled it? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they handled it about as well as they could. I mean, that's just such a difficult situation where, you know, nobody knows really what to say. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, saying the right thing doesn't even really seem important or significant in that moment. All anybody wants is an update, a positive update on DeMar Hamlin, because this is, you know, this, this isn't like when we – would follow a major news event at times where it impacts hundreds, thousands of, of lives when something tragic happens. This is just one man and, and one man's family. So, um, you know, you respect the privacy while also knowing that, you know, I, I found it hard to sleep last night when you don't have any clarity, but, you know, as everybody who was on that set can, can kind of attest, I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do. You try to keep people updated as much as you can, but, I mean, there's so much that has to go on behind the scenes to uh, to have a full picture of the information. And, you know, since I've been on this call with you, 
Stan, I don't know if you've seen it since we've been chatting, but, you know, the NFL just announced that they are, the game will not be resumed this week. Uh, they haven't decided uh, what, you know, what they'll do about maybe resuming it at a later date. It sure seems like it's possible that this is just going to be a no contest. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that's kind of the, the logical way to handle it. And, again, it's just uh, it's, it's hard to fathom or process any outcomes related to football when you're, you're just waiting on the outcome of, of DeMar Hamlin's life. And, and obviously that's heavier and uh, a lot more uh, meaningful to everybody who's watching, listening, tweeting, following from home and trying to read about this situation. So I thought everything last night was, was tricky and, and hard to deal with, but they did about as, as well and, uh, you know, as, as understated as you could hope. Yeah, I see the um, uh, NFL statement. I'll go over that fully. Um, I would imagine that the only option they would have um, is is uh, if that game after Sunday, because they're not going to make any changes to Sunday's schedule, um, and there's no plans to resume it this week, that they would wait and see. Um, they play their scheduled game um, as it is now for on Sunday, and then they see does this game have a the potential of a meaningful uh, impact on the playoff schedule? And if so, would they move the playoffs back and get rid of the two weeks in between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, which they've done before? They don't like to do that, but it is an option. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking even in the moment last night when it was obvious that this was really, really bad for Hamlin. I mean, do you just give – give both teams a tie or yeah, I mean, no contest and it just doesn't, you know, they have one less game in the standings. I don't know. Um, you know, that's, that's for the NFL to figure out. And in the meantime, you know, yeah, you just, you just hope for the best. You hope for some sort of good news uh, from, from the hospital in Cincinnati, because I mean, I covered DeMar Hamlin when, when I covered Pitt and, you know, he was always a, a low key, but polite, young man and everybody I think is listening is probably pretty familiar with his story by this point and uh, hopefully this this story has a uh, you know another positive chapter to be written here even as he's down there fighting all right Brian great stuff Uh, thanks for being with me I really appreciate the time uh, and all your thoughts and insights we'll talk again soon thanks no problem Stan see ya you can follow the Steelers if you follow Brian Batko at Brian Batko on Twitter and just in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can follow me at Stan Love the Show on Twitter. You can hear my daily radio show. That's on 970 ESPN in Pittsburgh. And all you have to do that is listen over the air, 970 AM, or download the iHeartMedia app. Very simple. And it's free. iHeartMedia app, uh, iHeartRadio app is free. And I'm on every day from noon until 2 Eastern. Again, the podcast can be found at Steelers.com. Tell your friends if you enjoy the content. We're glad to be here bringing it to you. That's it for today's edition. I'm Stan Saverin. Thanks for listening. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.